I am Brother Cornell West, and this is Hip Hop Can Save America. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. That's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hiphopcansaveamerica.com. For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. The thing about hip-hop uh, today is it's smart. It's insightful. The, the way that they can communicate uh, a complex message in a very short space is, is remarkable. And a lot of these kids, they're not going to be reading the New York Times. That's not how they're getting their information. So hip hop didn't invent anything, but hip hop reinvented everything. Yes, indeed, hip hop reinvented everything. Shouts to Grandmaster Kaz for that incredible quote. Uh, it's your man Manny Faces uh, welcoming you to another live episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, the podcast. Uh, but we're live doing live streams on YouTube and Facebook visually uh, for the month of September. And we'll be reverting back to podcast only after that and also in between. So if you follow us uh, visually uh, on YouTube or uh, Facebook, then, you know, you might want to subscribe as a podcast. You'll get some extra bonus episodes and then you'll get episodes after this stops at the end of September. May bring it back. We'll see. It's been quite a... Um, endeavor for me to put this all together uh very very little help i am luckily a genius uh but special thanks to associate uh, producers uh cindy uh who's been helping me out immensely uh, and also to uh the og associate producer summer interesting hmm i see that the name of the guest is summer i wonder if they're related we'll find out in a few minutes but thank you for checking in and checking me out live uh, we're gonna have a fascinating conversation today uh if it's your lunchtime pull up you know, uh, bring out your salad, whatever it is you're doing, take a break, middle of the day, just relax and learn about some real cool, innovative, informative, inspiring, surprising ways that hip hop is helping to uh, improve society and uplift uh, humanity. That's what this show is about. That's what this podcast is about. That's what the organization is about. That's what my work as a journalist is about. My name is Manny Faces. I've been doing this for quite some time. I'm really honored and privileged to be able to have a platform where I can help tell some of the stories of these fine people doing fine things. So I love to say uh, hi to people who are watching live. Speaking of live, uh, if you are like I am, we are uh, awaiting soon a grand jury decision on the Breonna Taylor case. Uh, so we know that traditionally those have gone a certain way and uh, we're going to wait and see what happens. So uh, we're watching that live. I'm keeping an eye on that as well. If you're watching me and you're not watching that situation live, I'll tell you what happens when it happens because I appreciate you being here with me. That being said, we've talked about the intersection of hip hop and social justice in the past. Uh, we've talked about uh, that in terms of how uh, hip hop has always been this voice of 
of of the underheard or you know less uh, less heard. Uh, we talked about the Newsbeat podcast, which is a sponsor of this uh, this podcast that intersects hip hop and social justice through journalism, through arts, all these things. So we know that hip hop is still a powerful, powerful voice, even though uh, we lament sometimes that the. Uh, the voices aren't on the radio as much as we might want them to be. So uh, let's think about that and look back at some of the episodes that we've talked about hip hop and social justice here. There will be more. I have not given up on hip hop's role as a uh, valuable, valuable tool for the fight for social justice. Uh, two things I want to tell you about as we get ready to talk to Summer, who's arriving in the green room, as uh, as it were. Uh, and she'll be talking to us about some really great contributions she makes to hip hop culture in just a second. Two things to point out. Last night, I attended the online gala or gala. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. I've heard it pronounced both ways at the event. So who knows? Uh, the gala gala for the hip hop public health. And if you remember, hip hop public Public Health uh, was the subject of an episode during this September run with Lori Rose Benson, the CEO and executive director of the organization Hip Hop Public Health. And what they do is they, you know, they build health equity through the transformative power of music, art and science with a heavy focus on hip hop. Uh, They had their yearly gala. It's a nonprofit. So it's one of these kind of gatherings of donors and uh, honorees uh, hosted by Dougie Fresh. That was pretty cool. Uh, They gave an award to Cheryl Salt James of Salt and Pepper, uh, who contributed an original song for this organization. The organization likes to use music and hip hop to especially teach young people about uh, better health behaviors, something that's super vital right now. Uh, It was super important. It is an example of literally how hip hop saves lives. I do want you to go back and check out this episode, uh, Improving Public Health with Hip Hop with Lori Rose Benson from the Hip Hop Public Health Organization. Again, their gala last night was great. DMC from Run DMC, who's a, a, a sort of a featured uh, artist that works with them, is there. Uh, Chuck D checked in. Uh, they do a lot of work in the in the in the communities uh, that don't get enough attention from public health organizations, I guess. And as we know, as COVID has hit, as we talked about social justice uh, issues, uh, COVID and uh, coronavirus pandemic has obviously hit uh, communities uh, harder than others. So uh, I respect the work of the Hip Hop Public Health Organization and ask that you double check that episode. Also, here's something cool. A bunch of episodes ago, I spoke to a uh, fusion group that blends bluegrass music with hip hop and they sprinkle in social justice. Now, all these things don't seem like they should make sense together. Uh, but when we did the episode and you heard the interview, you found out that it does or it can. And that's what Gangster Grass does. I want to shout out to Gangster Grass after uh, several months after our interview. Uh, well, a couple of months, they were previewing the album that just dropped. And that album is now the number one album on the Billboard Bluegrass chart. So understand what that means. The number one bluegrass album on Billboard is a rap album. It's hard to comprehend. Put wrap your head around it. Go check out the interview with Gangsta Grass. It's on this uh, podcast feed. You can go back and find it. And once again, I do encourage you guys to uh, subscribe to this as a podcast. You'll understand when you hear the interview how those things mix. And what I love about not just having rap on there, and 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 we've seen some uh, intersections of hip hop and other genres, and sometimes they fail uh, spectacularly. Uh, this doesn't. And again, being able to sprinkle in social justice is the most important thing. So check out that. Shouts to them. Congratulations on their number one bluegrass album. Got a bunch of rappers on it. I love it. All right. So that's it. That's what I wanted to tell you about. Let's now get going. Let's get to the get down. Let's do the thing. Are we ready? 
Oh, I love it. The construction just started. Man, listen. All right, I'm going to try to manage this whole situation. But this is live. What, do you, what can you do? You can't do anything. You got to live with it. Uh, I want to welcome my incredible guest, uh, the amazing Summer from Hip Hop Hacks, the Mixtape Museum, and from all the things. Hello, Summer. Hi. How are you today? Better now that I'm here with you. Ah, you're so sweet. <laughs> what a charmer. I said in the intro, you're one of my favorite people in the world, and uh, you know that, and uh, I appreciate you for you. Uh, thank you. Uh, but I also obviously appreciate you for all the things you do to uh, do for the culture uh, of hip hop. Why we're here, why we have talks a thousand times a year, why we work together on projects, and um, why we boost each other up, or at least you boost me up. You're a mentor and an and a inspiration to me. So now that I've filled your head up. Yeah. Really nice shirt. You like that shirt? I'm always an original and exclusive. Hip hop hat. Limited edition. Limited edition. Yeah. I got two of them somehow. Uh, Summer, thank you for joining me. I know you don't have a whole lot of time today, but you do a whole lot of things. So let's kind of get into it. Um, Let's start with what I think you've been involved with. The main thing you do is so many things. And I don't want to ask you to tell people what you do because you'll be talking forever. Uh, we're here to talk about two main things, the Mixtape Museum, the Hip Hop Hacks organization. Um, and of course, I did not nod, you know, tip my hat to the fact that you're also an associate producer of this podcast. So you do some things. Explain to me your history with mixtapes and what you do to kind of advocate for the cultural importance of mixtape history, archiving and appreciation. Well, thank you for having me first. You would have been number Everybody. one, but you didn't want to come on first. It's fine. <laughs> um, my history with mixtapes started in my bedroom, probably like a bunch of people making mm -hmm. tapes off the radio, recording from other people. And when I ended up going into the music industry and working as a music manager with hip hop artists that needed a mixtape to help us put music out because we were legally bound, the mixtape saved us um so professionally that's when i started getting involved with mixtapes i was working with the clips as first as my cousin's assistant shout out to jeezy and then later i was booking the majority of their tours um and working a lot with star Trek, which was pharrell's label where you know the clips were on at that time and in that doing that i is when i met justo Faison, who was the founder of the Justo Mixtape Awards. Yes, indeed. Rest in peace. And he actually helped me distribute the Clips' first mixtape in the street. Like, we jumped in his navigator and drove around. <laughs> we went to all the spots. We went yeah, yeah. to all the mixtape spots. Um, like Guerrilla distribution, right? <laughs> absolutely. Um, because I, you know, we, we worked with MixUnit.com at the time which was, it was owned by Clinton Sparks, DJ Clinton Sparks, yep. and Mike Rios, shout out to them. Um, they, that website was real heavy when it came to mixtapes. That's where you went to buy a cover and get a mixtape for free, right? Because buying mixtapes is illegal, right? Mm. But they had distribution for all mixtapes at that time on lock and CDs. I'm not talking about cassettes. Right. And our distribution was with them. Clinton Sparks hosted the mixtape. So our online distro was great, but I had boxes of tapes, CD, <laughs> right. tapes yeah. in my house and I didn't know what to do, to do with them. Um, and Nancy Byron, who was a publicist at the time for Who Kid 
Mm. And probably Chameleon Air and a few other Texas people um, was like, you need to meet Justo. And that's how I met Justo when he helped distribute that tape. Mm. And then we proceeded to put out like other tapes and it got us our next deal, extended mm. our tour. So um, unfortunately, Justo passed away um, not too far after that. Um, and the Mixtape Museum really was my tribute to him because he taught me so much about mixtapes that I didn't know. Like I grew up on 14th Street in Manhattan, always went, you know, on the West side to get tapes or whatever, or like yeah, yeah. Canal Street, right? But I didn't really understand how big the the mixtape industry was. And and also like how I would need it, you know, right. how we would need it, how the clips would need it. And, so, and, and just, just shouts to Justo. Uh, some people may be familiar, you know, if you have some, some visit the, the mixtape awards where, where you know tribute was given to some of the better you know you know the there's an award show for mixtape innovative mixtape DJs that were really I mean what mixtape DJs were doing revolutionary created their own distributions you know for promotional use only right like they were the ones that the labels went to um, to promote and get them vinyl what Justo did was when the labels hired him to promote a record he targeted the mixtape DJs because he knew that the mixtapes were making major, major moves for like a lot of different artists, right. DJs and labels. Like we, we moved from just DJ hosted mix by that point, right? We were talking about Diddy, uh, 50 Cent, that whole G unit camp, like how they changed the, the format of mixtapes. And now right. you had what we called kind of like street albums. Right. So yeah. I guess the, I think I, have, I, I give I, I give a little credit to Flex for that. I think you know. There's a Justo mixtape award. Ah, uh, wow. That's a good one. I was just starting out as a as a as a bedroom producer. I was making remixes. I'd always been doing production work, and you know, uh, I put together a mixtape at the time. I just you know, I had the little CD copier machine, you know, the the dubber, the dub machine, and I was putting out a couple mixtapes. And you know, I always wanted to have a Justo man, so. Uh, so respect to that whole legacy. It changed the end. Well, it created an industry, right? Because a lot of money being made through mix out all the big DJs you see today on the radio and, you know, that are on iHeart and you know, all these cats, you know, they all kind of had the mixtape game on lock. That's how they got their come up, you know, in the, in the industry and then parlayed that into actual industry jobs very often and et cetera, et cetera. Before the CD era, mixtapes were on cassette. The tape part of mixtapes. Um, and I think it was a valuable way that hip hop itself uh, was able to, you know, propagate throughout the world. Can you speak to just a little bit oh, about absolutely. how important mixtapes were to yeah. actually hip hop? I mean, not even just for hip hop, right? Like, true. if you look at the timeline of like when the cassette came out and the boom box came out, and then also when cassettes were made available to the general public to purchase like in stores there was a bunch of different things happening in different genres of music. So the cassette undoubtedly <laughs> was responsible for helping to shape a lot of music, but for hip hop, especially it was, the cassette was responsible for recording some of the earliest moments of hip hop. So we're talking about park jams, right? clubs, live concerts, battles, battles, people recording artists who we know now recording in their bedrooms where you have exclusive records that we've never heard. Right. You know, um, 
And then the fact that you could dub it, like you could copy it. Right. And right. it was small. You can stick it in your pocket. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, now, now you have to carry um, an album around. And that's how a lot. Of, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, and then, of course, that's how you could copy. And, uh, you know, people would come up to New York where hip hop was bubbling from other areas of the country cop a dub and then bring it back. And now you're yeah. pollinating different areas. That must've been, Absolutely. that's how Absolutely. it happened. Yeah. I, my family's from Virginia. So we always talk about like, you know, how a lot of those tapes made it down South on those runs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. But that's it. That's, and uh, I think military also, right? Absolutely. You Explain had, that. Service. that's the worldwide distribution, right? That's how. Yeah, you had services like uh, Mixtape Kings, and there's another one. Um, Tape Master would know all these names. Shout out to Tape Master, Mixtape Historian, Mixtape Librarian. He just knows everything. There were services that were servicing service people (laughs) (laughs) on ships, you know, Um, and that's how they were getting their entertainment, you know. Um, Tape Master and I talk about uh, also um, people who have been locked up who were locked up around that time and mm. who come out and they're frozen in time and they're stuck with those tapes. And I think that's a, such an important tape time capsule, right? It kind of, when you, you put on an old tape, it just kind of takes you back to that moment. If you made the tape or if it's a tape that you heard, like I can think of different intros from different DJs. And when I hear it, I'm like, oh, you know, I remember when I got my first mixtape was a Ranji mixtape. And it was, you know what I mean? So those, yeah. it's those memories that it triggers, um, yeah. which is why we are also collecting a lot of mixtape memories from various different people, not just DJs or hip hop artists, but just trying to get a full picture of the mixtape experience. You got to get it from everybody, you know? Right. And, and again, and we've talked about this and I've talked about this with other people, how important it is that the pioneers, the, the ones who kind of created this whole thing, a lot of them are around there, they're, but not forever, but they're around and we can get their stories and get their, um, again, innovators, pure, you know, hacking the whole industry and, and, and changing the whole game. What are the plans for the mixtape museum? What have you done so far to kind of help document some of these things and just some of the plans, you know, near future, you know, long-term? Oh, there, there's, there's a lot and it's all very exciting. Um, one of the first things that we did was connect with uh, collectors from all over the world to locate who had tapes from certain areas, especially like the New York City area, we're not just focusing on New York, like the Mixtape Museum hopefully will gather mixtape data and stories from everywhere. But my, because I am in New York and that is was my entry point into this world, I'm starting with uh, hip hop. So a lot of the hip hop mixtape DJs from the New York City area, tri-state area, those tapes made it all over the place. And I mean like, continents away (laughs) (laughs) right you know so i have created a group of collectors and 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 just historians called the mixtape collective that come together every so often to like talk about these things um and and talk about how to plan to start archiving and collecting stories from everyone um the other part uh which is takes a little longer is starting to digitize and create collections not just the Mixtape Museum's main collection, but right. personal collections with some of these DJs. I had a recent conversation with Sarita Gates and we were talking about how, you know, an archive is your wealth, whether it's your family archive mm. or a DJ archive, 
or even now we're seeing company archives, right? Because now there's no programming. So now we're companies digging for content. They're digging right. in their archive um, and, 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 you know, remixing that information. So even during COVID, I've had um, a few DJs who have dug up some gems while they've been home. Right, right, <laughs> um, right. And it's, it's in the works. Um, but I will say that some of these tapes go as early as like BAM and Cool Herc. Right. One of the things we're hoping to do is to create a collection around the tapes that were found and around this DJ and how they got them, the stories mm. behind that. Yeah. Um, so to empower DJs to, to have archives, but also to help them help themselves to create their own archives, understanding why it's important. DJs, producers, yeah. engineers, you all are natural born archivists and technologists mm -hmm. and catalogers and all of right. these things. When Cornell's hip hop archive acquired Africa Bambada's 41,000 piece vinyl collection, he had his own archival system right. that he just wrote with like a pencil. <laughs> right, right, right. But it was clear, like the, for his duplicates, for this, for that, like it was amazing. It was phenomenal. Yeah. So empowering DJs to also be involved in the process of archiving, whether that's cataloging in a spreadsheet or you're in the studio all the time, working with the archivist to learn this, the archival standards so that you can start archiving your own things, not right. just for people to listen, but right. to stabilize it for long-term preservation, that it's two separate things, right, just right. MP4 and then you know preserving something for long-term. Yeah. Um, so around that, like there, there's some some programming in the works to potentially work with DJs um, to create residency programs and fellowship mm. programs to give them the resources to work on what they want to work work on. Right. And this, it's in the works. Um, this, um, is it? I was just gonna say this is kind of standard mm -hmm. procedure for archiving things. We're just now applying it to an area that hasn't gotten the attention or the focus. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I personally am not a trained archivist. Um, right. So I am learning the standards from all of my archivist friends and reading books and, and you know, being a part of, of archival groups and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, it's a process like you get the archive. And a lot of times if you don't have the money to process it, it just sits there. Right. Right. You know, so larger archives that are at large institutions that have collections, a lot of the times they're sitting there unless someone really cares to go and look for money. Right, right. And I don't want that to happen here. Yeah, so, that was valuable. You know, Again, we're not are, working are, at an institution. I'm <laughs> right. one person, but it's just starting from small. And then the idea of helping DJs help themselves and just yeah. other people who are archiving hip hop, right? And archiving mixtape related history. If they can help in the process, then we could we could speed it up and yeah, we could also have a more dynamic view of, you know, mixtape history. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you point out why again, we, we point out why it's why that history is so valuable uh, and, and still continues to be. You know, this it's still it's still a part of the culture, still a part of the music industry. It's still a part of I mean, people are still making mixtapes. I mean, they're not on cassette. Right. I know a lot of mixtape purists are like, those are not mixtapes. Fine, whatever. But right. when things don't evolve, they disappear. It's right. a mixtape. It's just an evolved mixtape. Call it right. whatever you want. But right. I mean, this is um, the evolution of a mixtape. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
So, okay. So we'll be looking out for those things. Anyone wants to get involved in this? Uh, we saw Dr. Raphael Travis uh, on the check-in uh, wants to, you know, holler at us about some ideas or holler at you rather about, you know, some ideas uh, about uh, curating, you know, mixes, you know. And again, we've talked about even the, the stuff that I do on the podcast tip that it exists because it's uploaded to some place. But if that place goes away, what happens to my episodes, right? And we've talked about the, dig, you know, taking digital mixes and putting them in, a, you know, in a, in a repository that's safe for long-term investment. Uh, or you know, yeah. or, or archiving. So we know how important all this can be. Yeah. The other part is one more. The other part um, that I've been working on during COVID, even with my own personal collection, is starting to collect uh, the data around mixtapes. So uh, cassette tape, right? Track right. listing, artist, DJ, right? The metadata. Artist from <laughs> what kind of was it? metadata? I am really interested in looking at archive or collection data through a data visualization. So in other words, if we had a collection that we thought was complete, right? It would be a, a, a controlled set of, of tapes. Right. And we got all of the metadata. What are the trends we would start to see, mm. right? That's Where are artists coming from? How were... How many times, for instance, did Jay-Z appear on mixtapes for DJs in the tri-state area? Blah, blah, whatever. Like, it's all data, right? Um, right. But we retro to go back and retroactively collect it, which is fine. I'm a database manager by day. So right. I don't thing. mind getting my hands dirty and spreadsheet and in a database, you know? Um, but it's important because mixtapes have never really been acknowledged for breaking records. You know, there's always been this stigma that mixtapes are piracy, which I get it. You're not supposed to sell them, but for promotional use only is for promotional use only. And that's what DJs were doing. Right. Um, and it's important. Uh, I think with the data, we can start to prove or show the impact that mixtape DJs really had on the current landscape of music. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's valuable. Again, the, the, the promulgation of hip hop throughout the world, which as we point out to in this show all the time, that hip hop has found ways to improve humanity and uplift society. And, and, and if, you know, in not just here in America, even though the show looks at domestic issues worldwide, uh, that came from this emergence of a youth culture that's, you know, stronger and bigger and faster, stronger, wider than, you know, any other uh, that I could think of in a long time. Uh, but also again, change. I, I think there's, a, and we could have this discussion later in another forum, but I think there's a really, and I'm sure you'd agree that there's a very clear, connect the dots between mixtapes and the you know spotify you know what, what leads to the breakup of the music industry what leads to the music industry kind of falling apart the napster you know kind of days where uh it's the same thing as mixing you're spreading music uh, again piracy sure but you know people find a way uh to yeah. get around uh, the industries and, and create their own and uh and that leads to the music industry having to you know flip on its side and go streaming and all these things are connected so i think it's very you know very valuable foundational information for that to study that whole thing yeah absolutely and and the spotify's and all these streaming services they need to pay their dues to mixtapes it's true if they only knew that the digitization of mixtapes would get them new content that no one has ever heard that's brilliant that's actually an entire I mean, whoa, right but i mean the issue again is copyright right right we're, we're streaming we would be streaming music that is not ours 
So you ha- you do have companies like Dubset Media um, and some others that have created software that scans streams and, and pays out royalties. But the problem is in order for a song to be picked up on, say, for instance, Shazam, right? Right, right. You have to have the sounds in the database already. Right. <laughs> right. So, it's like a DNA uh, evidence. It has to be. Yeah, in, exactly. Yeah. And with mixtapes, as you know, what DJs do with mixing, your DJ, producers do with mixing and scratching, some songs don't even sound the same. You sure. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, so it's co- it's a complicated situation yeah. um, in terms of like getting the music out to people once these tapes are digitized. But it's still important to rescue the tapes now. Right. For some of them are 30 and 40 years old. They're right. suffering right. from sticky shed. You're not, you know, you, they have to be saved. Yeah. You know, we can figure out the, 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 the other part. <laughs> the legality, later. Yeah. Like, let's find them now. So, that's yeah. What's up. And that that's a nice segue because that's that all has to do with technology, uh, finding ways to digitize and, and keep for long, uh, long term safety. And that's a technological process. You do some things that have to do with technology also, besides being a database engineer, administrator, database behind the scenes. I'm a manager, not a... <laughs> Not an engineer, but I mean, oh, if you could get me oh. up to another pay grade, I'm down. Same thing? I don't know. Yeah, right. I'm sure you know the difference. <laughs> You're like, no, I, I know what I get paid to do, and it's not that. So I got you. Uh, let's talk about, uh, again, just truly, uh, utterly one of my favorite things, one of my favorite organizations uh, or initiatives, as, as I think you like to call it, uh, Hip Hop Hacks. Uh, Hip Hop Hacks, I've talked about in a number of different places I've written about, uh, I've participated in. Uh, I'll just say very openly and then you'll follow, fill in some of the gaps. You know, Hip Hop Hacks as an initiative uh, likes to look at ways to bridge folks to technology through hip hop. Uh, that can happen in a myriad ways. Uh, explain, if you could briefly, what Hip Hop Hacks is about, how it started and, and some of the things that it does. Yes. Oh my gosh. Hip hop hack. So amazing. Um, Best thing ever. Gosh. (laughs) Shout out to Tiffany Nurse and Anthony Morgan and you and all the other people that helped organize the first one in 2016. It was at Spotify for two days, April 2nd and April 3rd. (laughs) We planned it for 150 students, but 600 showed up. (laughs) And Spotify let us rock. Everything was safe. And it was an amazing event. Um, How it came to be is when I started um, just, I'm going to just jump back a little bit just for some context. After working with the clips, I started working in academia um, and that kind of got me into working in data, becoming a database manager. Um, I wanted to learn database work and code SQL so I could build a database to organize mixtapes. That's really why I learned it turned into a job. All comes Um, back to (laughs) mixtapes. But once I got into database work, you know, people were like, oh, you're in STEM. I'm like, I am. And I'm like, well, damn it, I am. So I started volunteering with the organization called All Star Code. They work with young men of color that want to go into the tech industry. And I would, on Saturdays, um, volunteer at hackathons. And a hackathon is, is an event where you have a bunch of, at the time, students. Some right. of them are coders. Some of them are artists. Some of them are undecided they come together they work on a project sometimes hackathons have themes they present it somebody wins yay 
Um, so I was at a hackathon one Saturday and they knew at the time, like I was, you know, they were like, oh, Summer, you work with Pusha T. Like they don't know who the clips are, right? <laughs> right, right. Solo artists, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but King Push. That, right, exactly. They started rapping about their projects over lunch. Like they mm. got into a full cypher pizza in hand and started <laughs> freestyling. And I was like, what is happening? Right. And of course, they're like, you know, pay attention. You know, somebody did it. So I was like, I'm paying attention. And I was just like, this is insane. Right, right, right. Like my worlds are like colliding as, you know, like in front of me. So after that, I was like, yo, let's just plan a hip hop hackathon. And I, I didn't know what it was going to be or what it was going to look like. Right. But we just planned it. And, and essentially, we said, OK, let's plan a track of music and hip hop related workshops. And then also tech related workshops. So you led right. an amazing Cash rules everything around me workshop, which was kind of a mixture of technology and like journalism and the humanity. So it hip hop hacks is it also brings in the humanity side of it. Um, right, we had right. Beat Bang Theory, which was a, a workshop all in the history of beats, but they also got to learn how to build apps and build websites. And DJ Neil Armstrong did the first DJ workshop where they That's learned right. how to DJ. And Mike Peterson was there. It was amazing. Uh, it was a um, mental health uh, uh, aspect as absolutely. well that was touched upon. For the second Hip Hop Hacks, we had uh, Oxymorons and, and Keith White and a few other people come out and do hip hop, social media, and mental health. Yeah. Um, which so, so mm-hmm. now I was going to say, so it sounds like several years ago, you were doing things that had to do with uh, increasing access to STEM fields for young people of color. You had things that focused on mental health awareness. You had things to, that talked about equity in the field, uh, in, in diversity, inclusivity, and belonging. Um, sounds like everything that today people are like, you know what we need. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and, it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite workshops, I'm not sure if it was for this one. I have a friend, and I, I've mentioned this earlier in this series, but I have a friend who's a, a trauma surgeon, ER guy, you know, brilliant kid. I've known him since I was like seven. And he's a tech kind of guy. I mean, he just has no no connection to hip hop. He's not a, you know, not a hater. He's not a racist. He's just, you know, he's just that's not his thing. And we talk about things sometimes, although he can recite the the words to Paul Revere, I think which he learned like 30 years ago and I probably never listened to another rap song since because still, anyway, I digress. Uh, and he's a, he's a tech guy. We've done nerdy things together in the past. And I've told him, Hey, about these hip hop hackathons. And he's like, I know hip hop and I know hackathons. I don't see how they can come together. Uh, and I think that we have a couple of examples, obviously the Python MC, you know, uh, uh, partnership that we worked on with uh, Richard Ashe from Google, uh, which teaches computer programming by building beats and loops on top of each other and layering things, but you got to program it all in. So you got to learn how these basics of computer programming and it introduces young people to computer coding, something that they're very often not exposed to in their schools because schools are underfunded and not really trying to teach, uh, computer science and and these kind of STEM fields early on. And that was one example. The other example that I love to point to, I forget who did this, but uh, it was they they, they were charged with making a musical instrument, a digital musical instrument out of sort of inanimate objects. Uh, And there was like a pizza box, (laughs) aluminum foil squares, (laughs) some wires, a raspberry Pi and a laptop. And this guy showed all these kids and they made a drum machine in like half, in like 20 minutes. It's amazing. Yeah. Even simpler than all of that is a lot of these students identify as hip hop artists or producers, or they want to be a DJ. Right. 
I mean, like, you know, at the end of the first hip hop hacks, like we were like, yeah, we're going to have a finale. We didn't do like prizes like that. We had a raffle. We had Microsoft giving out Xboxes and like other stuff or whatever. I I entered the raffle. I did not get an Xbox. I tried. (laughs) You just got two shirts. Yeah, Um, that's true. (laughs) Two shirts. um, But it was amazing at the end to see all of the students come together. So not just the 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 rappers but also like the technologists and like you'd have someone showing their mapping project with someone like rapping like freestyling it was so amazing and it just happened so naturally what does this do what did you see you talk you talked to some of the students you talked to some of the practitioners anecdotes that you might have picked up how valuable is this idea generally i think hip-hop hacks does it fantastic obviously i'm biased i'm a mentor i've worked with you guys uh but it's just done right it's i think it's the gold standard but from a general sense what does this do to these young folks when they get the opportunity to have their kind of eyes just opened i mean we had one student um the first year and i didn't find out about this for a couple years after but she took dj i don't even know if neil armstrong knows this but she took neil armstrong's workshop and went out after and went to DJ school. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and and was able to like, she's a DJ, you know? There were other students, we had uh, the Make School sponsor the first year and the Make School offers uh, classes and technology things and and coding and whatnot. whatnot. They gave scholarships to to three of the students. And later I found out that two of those students actually finished and they have jobs. <laughs> like, and I was just like, what? I wasn't thinking about all of that um, right. when it first happened. When we first started it, it was just like, I'm going to organize this event with my mentees and there's hip hop and coding and that's what they love. Right. Um, I wasn't even thinking about the- more like atmospherically, like, you know, like, you know, let's, let's bring them together and you know, have a good yeah. time. And, you know, yeah. but these real connections between these, like Absolutely. a real bridge between these two. Yeah. And worlds. also like the power of mentorship. The first one was planned for high school students, but naturally we had other people we work with monthly music hackathon at the time. Um, and we had some of their constituents come in who are a little older. So it was really interesting to see the mentorship that happened from people who have experience in music ed or music tech or encoding to help these young people or even some younger people helping older people. Mm, it's true. You know, um, you know, just also for the hip hop community, the people that we have come to lead the workshops. I mean, these are people that are my friends, people like you. I mean, at, at one event we had, you know, like Breakbeat Lou and Hank Shockley, like have a reunion. Right, that's <laughs> Like true, that's right. pretty monumental, right? Like that's like a big deal. So it ended up being like a mini conference yeah. in a way. Um, since then, it's taken on different shapes and forms. We've done individual workshops with Ralph McDaniels and the Queens Public Library. Um, we you came to this one. I worked with Richard Ashe from Google to do Carnegie Mellon and, and Google in Pittsburgh, which was a different model, which I actually loved. Um, so there's just really, I think to your point, um, what you said earlier is we plan based on demand. Right. <laughs> like if someone's like, Hey, Summer, can you organize this? I'm like, Hmm, maybe I can, mm-hmm. you know, or like, you know, if you're, you're in Newark and you did the event with Python MC in the Newark public library. Right. So it's really based on need. And I think, you know, we did one a month ago 
Right. That was pretty amazing. And it was needed because students are home. Right. Right. And, and and through the dig- distance learning, it's just a what's great about this intersection is that it's a way to learn valuable skills. Obviously, computer science, computer STEM related stuff is super important and not always taught. Uh, but it's also something that requires and I've talked to a couple of educators the last couple of days. And, you know, the problem is that these things really lend themselves to being done in person. You yeah. know, um, school itself, just, you know, whether it's done right or wrong, it's kind of an in-person thing. So when you're finding ways to engage students in this distance learning environment, to find ways to do it that actually keep them engaged and yeah. excited, even though they're on a Zoom call. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it was, again, one, one month ago, we did a very virtual uh, hackathon and it seemed to have been very successful. So because of these, I think because of these elements. Yeah. So COVID is kind of unpredictable. We don't know how it's going to, you know, take us out of here uh, this year. I do encourage people that if this does interest you, if you if you just have always wondered about if you're a teacher, an educator, uh, you work for a company, uh, you know, you want to find ways to work with youth, work with important, you know, educational uh, ideas like STEM, like computer science. How do we do that? How can we bring the arts into it? It's again what you've been doing for four years now plus is exactly what everyone's trying to figure out how to do. So I think the blueprint is there. I do encourage people to get in touch uh, for the mixed, uh, for the hip hop hacks, specifically hip hop acts.org. Uh, com. Is it com? I don't know. What do I know? I think they all lead somewhere. Hip hop hacks.com. Yeah. On social media, I am dear summer with the O on everything. Yeah. Mixtape Museum is Mixtape Museum on everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and Hip Hop Hacks is kind of, sort of. But well, you're Googleable, so we can you know, get people there. You're Googleable. The organization is Googleable. You are Googleable, uh, Summer with no last name. And uh, what we want people to do is reach out and consider these two areas that we've talked about today the Mixtape Museum, the preservation of hip hop culture through this medium. Uh, the preservation of the actual physical things that, you know, uh, as you say, degrade over time and the stories of the, yeah. Uh, yeah, of the people that actually, you know, made them and had a part in that. That's important, too. So anyone who's involved in that or pass this information along, let people know that the Mixtape Museum is, is definitely an organization you want to get in contact with. The same thing with Hip Hop Hacks. Is there anything else, dear Summer? There's that we so should- much. <laughs> forever. We could talk forever. That we, we need do. to let people know about that you're into, that you're involved in, that they may want to, you know, contact us. Yeah, there's us. some things. Um, yeah. Swag for Stigma, um, which is a, a, a new nonprofit started by Oxymoron's member, Dave, is an organization which I happily am an advisor for. Their focus is on Black people and people of color and, and providing resources for mental health. Super important super important swag uh, for stigma swag for stigma there were i think their website is a uh, swag for stigma dot org yep i got it up on the screen now for the peoples yeah very excited about that um doing some committee work with ideas uh and for the universal hip-hop museum which is exciting yep and also continuing to develop the mixtape museum covid has given me a lot of time to rethink and restructure and remix what the Mixtape Museum is going to be. Um, it has actually given me time to do things. Um, so for instance, planning, uh, doing oral histories with DJs. Uh, me and DJ, not, I keep putting DJ in front of his name. <laughs> Sorry, Rich. Uh, Rich Nice. <laughs> yes, shouts to Rich Nice. Um, Rich Nice is uh, amazing. Uh, his bio starts with uh, the first rapper assigned to Motown. Um, he's that cool. Yeah. Uh, he has been helping 
with the Mixtape Museum. He's a DJ, producer. Um, he's the producer of Sway in the Morning um, yep. and has his own initiative called the A&R Room. Um, and we've been working on, on collecting oral histories from, from people, very targeted ones and, and prioritizing people. A lot of our pioneers are dying. Yeah. Like, it just kind of is what it is. Um, we don't really have a ton of time. Right. So it's crucial to, to like, do things. So COVID has just given me, like, a fire under my ass to, like, do it now. Like, why wait? You know, so collecting those stories, collecting mixtape memories from people, if anyone is interested in submitting mixtape memories, there's a form on the Mixtape Museum website or just hit me up personally. Right. So we're starting to collect the stories and collect, the content, you know, the things that we um, that we need to save, the stories that are, if they don't get collected, they're just not going to be heard. Yeah. And of course, hip hop can save America. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of it, you know. Uh, well, I appreciate that work. It's all valuable, noble work. Like I said in the beginning, you know, not only are you just one of my favorite people, but the work you do is so focused on hip hop culture, like the cultural aspect of it uh, that we try to focus on on this show. You are the perfect uh, ambassador for those things. So thank you. Good I'm stuff. Hoping for a, a surprise visit from baby girl faces, but that's fine. Maybe another episode. It's She's okay. been, since I've started doing these, I, I still DJ the brunch on uh, on bonfire radio on Sundays at noon. Uh, she makes an appearance there on these. She's tended to the, these seem more, you know, more, uh, more formal and she doesn't want to not interested (laughs) probably yeah if she was she wouldn't care she'd be like look i'm showing you my homework but uh, i will tell her you said hello all right so once again the mixtape museum mixtape museum uh dot org or dot com who knows mixtape museum uh hip-hop hacks that's the dot dot org uh hip-hop hacks dot com uh dear summer on twitter and stuff and uh on everything on everything on everything. Please. Don't worry. I'll stop the, the social media feeds and put my links in. Yeah, no, like you, you're the one sometimes putting the, the links in. So I had to do it because you weren't doing it, <laughs> uh, which you don't even have to do. You're not even supposed to do it. What are you doing in the first I place? I mean, you know what's, I mean, these lives have been so amazing. And, you know, as I'm watching and like doing stuff in my house, I'm like, wait, I want to hear more about that. So the things that I want to like look up, I'm like, other people have to want to find this stuff. Yes. So let me just drop the link in there. So it's, yeah. it's, it's valuable feedback to what's needed. If I were to ever do this crazy madness again, which maybe I will. Maybe you will. In the meantime, thank you for all your support with this show. Obviously, you've been, again, you're the uh, the OG associate producer uh, helping this show actually exist. Uh, Shout out so. to Cindy. I just met Cindy for the first time. Shout out to her. I said there's going to be some associate producer on associate producer violence in the green room. It's going to be, <laughs> it be a big all fight. Love. All love. So, <laughs> it is all love. She's amazing. Um, so now, you know, it's, 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 I can't do it alone. I value uh, your assistance and your help and your, again, your mentorship, your leadership, uh, not just like help, but really inspiring myself and so many others. So uh, anything you do, you know, I will amplify a signal boost on your behalf. And uh, I really hope that we uh, get to be in the same place at the same time without being yeah. infected at some time soon. Yes. That'd be awesome. All right, Summer, I'll let you go. Thank you. Now, you can hang out in the, and watch the end if you want, but you can just you know, do whatever you want. Summer, thank you so much. Bye. A thousand things. Ah, the wonderful Summer. Again, Mixtape Museum, Hip Hop Hacks, so many other things. Just uh, an exemplary figure in this whole 
ways that hip hop can help humanity thing. Please do follow uh, her endeavors again. Uh, you can find them wherever you find things, uh, mixtape museum and, uh, hip hop hacks. There will be new adventures, uh, spawning from both of those organizations soon. Uh, and of course, uh, if you want to find out more about some of the things that we talked about, uh, in this episode uh, not only are they on those sites but we've talked about them here on this podcast before we have had richard ashe from google uh that was the creator of the python mc uh, which is now called breakbeat code i think uh, i hope i got that right uh but anyway that system has been used to teach young people how to the the, the intro to computer science the coding uh coding in python uh, i've seen it work I've, I've facilitated some workshops i've seen it happen live i've seen young people sit through a four-hour workshop and emerge like pay attention the whole damn time and then emerge with a better understanding of of how to get into computer science coding and, and programming something that they've never probably had very uh, much access to before these programs have opened their eyes that's the greatest thing about uh, hip-hop hacks that's the great thing about the intersection between uh, hip-hop and uh, these other areas science and technology i hope we gave some insight to how these things can work and if you are again who is this show for well it's for hip-hop heads that love to see their culture being used in great ways but i think a lot of people who are sort of education minded or or civically engaged or trying to find ways to merge the arts with charitable issues you know we talked about there are ways to take whatever you do add some hip-hop into the mix authentically and with thought and with care and you can improve that thing you do right that's what i want to come out of this show because we have this wide array of guests that are coming from all aspects we talk journalism public health the fine arts uh, social justice education space left and right mental health counseling all of these aspects of humanity and i'm showing you ways that hip-hop is not just like in the mix but is doing things in a way that's unique to hip-hop that, that hip-hop is uniquely qualified to do and out of that comes an improved lives improved livelihoods and improved communities where it didn't exist before so if i'm telling you that there's a large group of, of young people in the world that had no exposure or very limited exposure to computer programming uh, coding uh, computer science robotics social media but not from the usage point from the app design Young people had no access to it. They don't teach a lot of this stuff in school. They, they may come from underfunded schools that don't even have a lot of you know, investment in the STEM program. If I'm telling you that all those young people, there's a great many of them now, didn't have that access, then they came to a Hip Hop Hacks event, and now they have that. And that some of them have gone ahead and, as we heard, had scholarships given to them by some of the sponsors at that event. That wasn't there before. That was there because of hip hop. And that wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for hip hop. That's what I'm trying to get through to everybody with these shows. I don't care what you do. And it's not just about, oh, we're going to have some rappers. No, it's a mindset. It's an ethos. It's an approach. It's not theoretical. It's been done in so many different areas. We got the receipts. We're showing you how it can be applied to mainly help young people, but also help older people. We've talked about how it helps juveniles going through the criminal justice system. We talk about how it helps uh, grown folk relate to young people in a different way. There's so many ways, so many aspects, so many aspects of society. We'll continue exploring this for the rest of September live, 1 p.m. Eastern, here, wherever you're watching me. And then available as a podcast episode. So do subscribe to the podcast. You can go to hiphopcasaveamerica.com or you can just put in hiphopcasaveamerica on whatever 
podcast app you use and you will subscribe, get updates, additional bonus episodes through the podcast tip. So make sure you do that. And once again, thanks to uh, Newsbeat, the social justice podcast, the award winning. So best pot, best journalism podcast says New York uh, journalism society, uh, the New York press club, best journalism podcast of the year. That's got rappers in it beating out the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. So shouts to Newsbeat, that podcast that tackles social justice issues. Uh, we see that there's now news in the Breonna Taylor case. That one of the three officers has been indicted. Three counts of first-degree wanton endangerment, which doesn't sound very serious, which I guess we expected. So we'll follow up on that as well. Newsbeat tackles a lot of these issues, uh, and it's a place you can go to get some understanding about. We just talked about voter suppression on Newsbeat. So there's some things to learn from that podcast. Uh, Funkadelic Studios, again, rehearsal recording space. And if you support this work, I say I, I got two new patrons uh, this week. Thank you so much. I haven't checked with them if I could say their names or not. But uh, there are people contributing to the Patreon account, patreon.com slash Manny Faces. Uh, it's fantastic for me. It lets me know that there's interest. Uh, I see people tuning in. I love y'all. I see people tuning in regularly, getting the numbers. Great. Uh, when you're putting some money into the bank, it makes me, it drives me even harder uh, to, to do these things. It pays for the Zoom subscriptions. It pays for the Restream subscriptions. It pays for some of the equipment and all the things that we got to do, the assistance, you know, to make sure that this comes off flaw- as flawlessly as possible. So I thank you for that. Uh, I don't take that lightly. So thank you. And if anyone wants to become a patron, patreon.com slash Manny Faces doesn't take much uh, to do a lot. Uh, I will um, also be giving out some perks and and, and uh, extra bonuses for patrons uh, very shortly. So, and if you don't, that's fine too. I know how things are. It's p- perfectly fine with me. Uh, you can pay us forward by sharing this with someone uh, who you love and who loves hip hop and also share it with someone who doesn't. I think that it's super valuable that people who are not quite into hip hop, but might be into, I don't know, education or, you know, just charitable works or, or just getting off the, the couch when it comes to social justice, you know, just kind of realizing that I got to do some things. And I think that the intersections that we talk about on this show are very much in the, very much attached to a social justice, betterment of humanity equality and equity kind of thing. So like I said, that's very in vogue right now, uh, but we've been doing it for quite some time. So spread this message spread this love i appreciate you i'll be back tomorrow and then we're off until monday uh with the lives but i'll have a couple of bonus episodes i think by the weekend i know i owe you a couple uh we're kind of trickling out a little bit because you know i'm tired man been doing this for a month thanks to your man manny faces i appreciate you for checking me out if you have any questions comments concerns praise or uh indictments you can reach me on whatever platform you're looking at or just google me manny faces i'm very googleable and uh reach out to me in your preferred method thank you for watching thank you for listening thank you for spreading the word thank you for becoming a patron uh thank you to summer mixtape museum hip-hop hacks and just an awesome human being uh one of my one of my great friends and i love her and i love y'all peace once again thanks for listening to another episode of hip-hop can save america aka the world's most important hip-hop podcast my name is manny faces you can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com you can watch the show now as a live stream on youtube hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch check back for all the replays as well The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com, filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip-hop news that isn't about dumb (laughs) Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. 
Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, it's Manny Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours.